Welcome to Working On It, NTU Employability's podcast. Hello and welcome to Working On It, the careers-based podcast from NTU Employability, helping you answer the ultimate question of what is next for you and your degree. Today's episode is all about sports science. Uh, But first of all, I better introduce myself as I'm a brand new host. I'm Lawrence Shaw. I am an academic at NTU. I lecture in maths and I've never recorded a podcast before, so I'm clearly the perfect host for this. Uh, But luckily, it's not about me today. It is about our two guests. So I'm joined today by Ineas Castro, event assistant at Planet X, and Jamie Barnard, senior strength and conditioning coach for Team GB Para Swimming. Hi, both. Welcome to Working On It. How are we both doing today? Hello, good morning. Uh, yeah, good. Excited to be at the podcast. Hello, good morning. Yeah, very good. Um, it's my first time on a podcast as well, so perfect guest. Yeah, Marvellous. <laughs> Uh, Before we get into talking about your degree then, you both work in sport, you both did a degree in sport, Um, I'm guessing it's fair to say you're both pretty big sport fans, so you know, are there any particular sports that you're massively into? Um, Yeah, I'd say so. I'm really into my running and I follow a lot of races, Uh, yeah, also into my basketball, uh, which I follow quite closely as well. Lovely. Jamie? Uh, Rugby, NFL. And yeah, follow the NBA as well. And now because of work, become quite a big fan of swimming too. Marvellous. We're recording this in mid-October. Uh, so certainly from an English perspective, there are three World Cups going on at the moment. Two in rugby, uh, one in cricket, and we've got a football World Cup coming up. Anyone wants to dare to make a prediction about what will happen uh, in any of those? Anyone want to predict any winners? I can't make any predictions. <laughs> I do not follow any of those you just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right I'll put my neck on the line I think England will get to the final in the cricket and the rugby league and will win at least one I like it uh, loving the confidence and certainty there Jamie uh, I wonder if that's going to continue in today's icebreaker challenge roll the jingle icebreaker 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 let's break some ice now icebreaker icebreaker yeah So the icebreaker challenge is something that we like to do with all of our guests to, I'm sure you can guess, break the ice before we get into talking about anything and everything about you, your degree, your career path and where life has taken you. And today's icebreaker challenge is a quick game of who'd you rather, but the sports edition. So more of a what you rather in terms of sport. We've got a selection of random popular sports and we're going to find out which one ends up on top. The creme de la creme of sports. So are you both up for that? Yeah. Uh, You are going to have to work as a team on this and I suspect there might be some difficult decisions uh, coming your way uh, and there may be a little bit of conflict coming in. I don't mean (laughs) to pit you against each other but uh, we'll see what comes up on that but uh, let's go with a starting point. Golf or Formula One? That's a difficult one. Uh, I'd say golf. I don't like playing it but I very much like watching it. Yeah, I'm, basically, I know nothing about Formula One, so I'm just going to have to go with golf. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to agree with golf as well. Um, it's a lot more fun. Formula One, I just uh, struggle to get into that. Yeah. It feels like a battle of the uh, the sports with the high end watch sponsors, doesn't it? It's very much the yeah. the, the rich games. Oh. So we're going to do this as a sort of winner stays on thing. Uh, golf or tennis? I'm going to have to go with tennis this time. Completely agree. Tennis for the win. Um, 
there's always that little bit of drama recently in some of the majors as well that adds a little bit of spice to it that makes it more exciting. True. Completely agree. Right, tennis or rugby? I'm gonna I'm gonna go straight in for rugby. All inclusive, phenomenal, physically, tactically, technically, mentally. What a sport. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after that, I'm gonna have to go with rugby as well. <laughs> Very passionate speech from you there, Jamie. Right. Now time to really put you on the spot. Rugby or swimming? (laughs) (laughs) The first love versus the acquired love. Um, I'll be honest, some of the most exciting races I've watched or the most exciting moments in sport have been over the last kind of two years watching some swimming relays, which are just, when they're close, are phenomenal. Um, But rugby is just a great sport. Do you know what? I'm going to defer my judgment and pass it over to Inesh. Um, it is a difficult one because I have a lot of respect for swimmers. Uh, consider myself quite a fit person. Can I swim fast? I cannot. <laughs> it's a very quiet skill. It's really hard work. Early mornings, late evenings. <sighs> I have to go with swimming, really. Yeah, going to be Ooh. swimming. Controversial choice. Well, it's it's sort of the opposite for me. Swimming's my first love because my dad was a very good swimmer, and rugby's my acquired love uh, because my partner's Welsh. So I'm uh, I don't mind swimming uh, being the decision there. And finally, swimming or football? I'm still going to stick with swimming. Football is overrated, in my opinion. And I know I probably shouldn't say this in a podcast. <laughs> being Portuguese as well, it's very controversial. Uh, I'm going to stick with swimming. Yeah, I'll stick with swimming. I love football, um, love watching it, love playing it. But I think there are certain elements of football that let it down compared to swimming. Lovely. Well, in that case, uh, we have declared, uh, well, Jamie and Inyesh have declared that swimming is the ultimate sport. And yeah, by all means, let us know if you agree with their choice, listeners. Um, but enough of that. Let's get into talking about your degree and the different roles that you two have gone into with it. Um, before we go into the workplace things afterwards, I want to ask you both why you decided to do a degree in sports science in the first place. So, Jamie, do you want to start and maybe tell us which specific degree you did within sports science? Um, so I did coaching in sports science and I chose that. I'd, I'd been interested in sports since kind of growing up. Um, and I was actually playing rugby at Nottingham Rugby from kind of 15, 16 onwards and was progressing through the ranks quite nicely and thought I'd like to stick around, do some sports science, learn a little bit more about the whys and the hows of what I do. Um, and it just seemed a, a natural choice to stay close to the rugby club and choose some coaching in sports science. Lovely. I think what's really nice there, Jamie, about the decision that you made to take a sports science degree is that you didn't really seem to have a vision about where it would go. You just knew that you loved doing that subject. And I suspect the majority of our students and those listening will have been in that position where they didn't know exactly what they wanted to do at the end of their degree. But they take the transferable skills through that degree, they learn, and then they explore the options at the end. Inyesh? Uh, So I was doing athletics during sixth form and quite often had to go to the physio and get massages so that kind of sparked an interest in how our body works i started understanding there's more to sport than what we see it's not just running around the track Uh, our bodies are connected and i just wanted to know more i became quite fascinated about how our body worked um i just basically wanted to learn more about it very nice and you are now an events assistant at planet x uh, so would you like to tell us how you got into that role and sort of your progression from your degree uh, to that role and what 
the actual role is that you do now? What comes in as part of it? Yeah, so I feel like it's been a long journey uh, to get to events, um, but one I've very much enjoyed. Uh, so events assistant, I work alongside the events manager in the management, logistics and operations of sporting events. So basically, we just bring sporting events together from everything from the routes to the health and safety, boring risk assessments to the actual fun of um, gathering all the volunteers. Um, yeah, just basically bringing it all together. T-shirt design, medals, ordering everything. Uh, and on the day of the events, that's when it gets really chaotic. Uh, <laughs> I could imagine with everyone just sort of hyped up, ready to go. Um, do you have a favourite event that you've done? Probably the last one, um, which was uh, 70.3, so a half Ironman in Allathorpe. Uh, I've just recently started organising triathlons, um, and this being my second one, I felt a lot more secure on the day of what I was doing, and it just went amazing, and seeing people push themselves that half Ironman distance was so inspiring. I mean, that, that sounds like a really good day. And I can imagine how you get so much out of that when you're involved in putting that together. How did that transition happen uh, from being interested in the body to becoming interested in planning events and, uh, and making these things come together? It sounds like there's a bit of a journey to have gone on there. Uh, yeah, so I'm also a personal trainer. So throughout my university studies, I was a personal trainer at University of Nottingham and also taught some spinning classes at a couple of studios um and I really enjoyed teaching classes I really enjoyed group dynamics most more than one-on-one and then when I dwelled more into it I realized that I just love putting a class together an event together where people can try their best as a group and achieve more than they thought it was possible basically uh, so that was it really I just realized that I do love sport but I like it in a community setting. I like it in a group setting. Amazing. So it's something you really came to realise during those other extra activities and part-time roles that you took on during your studies. And I suppose it hits home that idea once again that you want to take full advantage of the time that you have at university and there's lots of ways to explore your options and see how you can apply your degree. Jamie, I'm going to be coming to you very soon but just quickly, Inish, before we uh, move on, in employability, we see a lot of people gaining relevant experience and skills through societies and placements and internships, that kind of thing. Did you ever get involved with stuff like that? Uh, yes. So I was part of the volleyball club at uni and I started being, I think at the time it was called events officer, I think. So I was events officer, really enjoyed putting on some charity events some tournaments um so yeah I kind of started from there and then I got an opportunity to work with British Triathlon part-time in their major events team and that's when I realized whoa there's a lot going on in the background here these events take a lot of management and logistics and that yeah. kind of ticks two boxes for me the sporting box ticked but also my love for organisation and planning and Excel spreadsheets. So it was kind of there where everything came together. Brilliant. Uh, Jamie, what was your time at university like? And you know, can you think of any key moments within your degree that steered you towards where you are today? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I played rugby for Nottingham during university and then played at university as well. So kind of naturally fell in love with the gym environment, being around the gym, being in the gym, wanting to learn more. The more I kind of went through my course and understood kind of the complexities around coaching, but also similar to Enesh, learning about the body, how to create muscle, things like that, how to build that muscle, um, different training programs, things like that really kind of stuck with me. And then after uni went into, I don't know if Sport 981 still do the S&C provision for the elite teams at the university, but I did an internship with them for a year, went through loads of qualifications, um, kind of kept in touch with my mentor at the time, um, progressed, did some work with him, did some S&C whilst playing rugby at the same time for a couple of clubs. And then actually through my mentor, which was what, five years ago now, I think, nearly five and a half years ago, um, managed to have this opportunity at British Paris Women. Excellent. You've mentioned mentors there, Jamie, in relation to how they've helped you on your journey and getting you to where you are today. Do you mind telling us about how you found those mentors or how those mentors found you uh, and maybe what other ways they were helpful for you in your career? Yeah, I've probably had a, a number of mentors kind of through my career. A couple of them have been really impactful, less from a professional perspective, more from a personal perspective, um, kind of through the rugby environment. One was a coach, John Widdison, who was involved in the Nottingham Academy at the time when I was there, kind of 16, 17. And he he really kind of taught me around what professionalism looks like and, and what that can mean and how I can embrace that. And then I guess the other kind of main mentor is a guy called Tim Stevenson. He was with Sport 981 at the time. He took me through my Sport 981 qualifications. He's now running Dynamic Shoulders and he's part of School of Calisthenics as well. Um, unbelievably knowledgeable sincere coach one of the most knowledgeable guys I've ever met and I think the best thing that he has and what I like to think that he's imparted upon me is that he can take really complex information and make it quite simple for people to understand whilst they've helped guide me to certain things and certain milestones in my career what I'm trying to do is base my profession and, and myself kind of off the skills that these guys have taught me as well yeah, I suppose what you're saying there, Jamie, is that mentors can appear anywhere and everywhere. And maybe that's something the listeners should be thinking about, that they've got lecturers, they can meet people at jobs fairs, they'll have managers, they'll have co-workers, that kind of thing. And if you have the right conversations with people, anyone could feasibly become a mentor and provide you with valuable information that you can use on your career journey. Speaking of which, I want to move us a bit more towards the current part of uh, career journeys now. And I love the fact that you two have done very similar degrees, but it's taken you in two quite different directions. The operations side for you, Inyesh, and for Jamie, you being a more practical version as a, as a coach, we've not really heard from you yet about your current role and you know, exactly what you do within that. So do you mind just telling us a bit about what you do and if there's still parts of the degree that you enjoyed and that you regularly use in your current job? Um, yeah, I'll probably start with the second question first, if that's all right. Yeah, um, no problem. For me, I think the, it was the strength and power modules that really, really hit home. Coming from a rugby background, that's what really piqued my interest. How can I get stronger? How can I get more powerful? Um, to be fair, in my role, we utilise all aspects of the curriculum that was in that coaching and sports science degree, but that strength and power was the one that really kind of hit home at the time. Um, my day-to-day is swimming's pretty hectic. Um, we're kind of in from quarter to seven in the morning until <laughs> four to six in the evening. Um, we go through half an hour pre-pools, two sessions a day in the water. So 30 minutes prep, 
pre-pool work into two-hour swim session. There might be a 20, 30-minute post-pool mobility session at the end if they're not doing an S&C session because we then have seven or eight athletes at the Manchester Performance Centre here. We still have 32 athletes on our programme that are decentralised around the UK. So I'll then spend kind of the middle of the day contacting SNC coaches for updates, looking at programming, um, sourcing new SNC coaches for athletes that have come onto the programme this season, and then trying to find some time to continually look at CPD work as well, and then link in with the biomechanists, psychologists, physiologists, head coach, um, things like that to make sure we're all aligned and not working in silos. So I've probably made that sound busier than it actually is. Uh, <laughs> Sounds very busy. There is a lot of free time. Not so much when I say it like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, my next question was going to be uh, about an athlete's diet and the kind of foods that they eat during training and before and after competitions to make sure they're in top shape for success. Although the way your work schedule sounds, I might want to ask you about how many calories you need to take in, Jamie, just to get through a day's worth of coaching. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you've both got experience with cyclists, swimming, rugby, athletics. What are the differences between what those people eat? Do all professional athletes eat similar things or what kind of meals um, would you expect, say, from a swimmer, a rugby player, a cyclist, that kind of thing? I would say they probably do eat similar things. It's just the quantity of those things. A swimmer, for example, a lot of it will be based off calorie intake, phase of the season. Are we looking at a maintenance phase? Have they come back in the off season maybe with a little bit of non-functional mass, shall we say, that um, isn't conducive to performance? Um, are we in a muscle building hypertrophy phase? Um, but I think the majority of our swimmers are kind of regularly hitting kind of between three and 5,000 calories a day. I know for some of the Olympic swimmers that are potentially doing more meterage, that can skyrocket. I think Michael Phelps had quite a famous thing where he was eating seven to 8,000 calories a day or something to maintain his physique for training. So a lot of it's fairly dependent on training requirements and it fluctuates throughout the season as well. Whereas I'm guessing for rugby players, it's less about the eating for endurance and more about being able to you know, get those big hits in and make sure you're ready for those big collisions. Some of them eat as much as they can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would add as well, the thing with these endurance sports is that it's just making sure athletes are eating enough as well. It's often the main problem. It's not even worth talking about carbs, protein and fat if you're not even achieving that baseline. For some reason, I always imagine athletes eating a mountain of pasta or some other carbs just to uh, just to get just to get enough calories in. Jamie, you mentioned uh, what Michael Phelps might have, but you're working with GB Para Swimming. Uh, are you allowed to name drop any big names that we might know? Uh, I mean... I've worked with Ellie Simmons previously going into the Tokyo Games. Um, there's a number of other athletes that were highly successful during those games. Maisie Summers-Newton, Ellie Chalice, um, Reese Dunn, Tom Hamer, all being world record holders in their own right. Um, all fantastic performers. Hannah Russell's recently retired, but she was back-to-back -back gold medalist in Paralympic Games. I think one of only three British swimming athletes across the disciplines to have retained the gold medal. So yeah, there's a number of very highly successful athletes that I work with day to day. I, I remember getting up and watching uh, watching some of Maisie's races uh, for the uh, for the Tokyo Games. I'm, I'm a big fan of the swimming when the um, when the Paris comes around. It's probably right. my favourite sport. So uh, yeah, certainly from from my point of view, uh, that's bringing back a few lovely memories for me. Sadly, we are coming towards the end of today's episode. But one final question from me. 
uh, for those listening who are considering a degree in sports science or those who are doing a degree or just graduated, what advice would you both give them about improving their chances when entering the world of work? I'll let uh, Inyash go first on this. So I'd say if you're currently studying sport and exercise science or a sporting degree, uh, just take as many opportunities as you can. Uh, say yes to part-time jobs around sport. That could be being a receptionist at a gym or even volunteering at sporting events. Take on a personal trainer course on the side. Just get involved with as many branches of sport as you can. That's some great advice. And you know what? Even if those extra opportunities aren't in sport or remotely related to sport, there's always a load of transferable skills that you can build into the sporting arena. Jamie, any uh, any particular advice that you'd give? Yeah, probably not too dissimilar. Um, follow your passion, like something that you love and that you're interested in. Um, don't be afraid to contact people. Try and network as soon as you can. Form those relationships and get to know people. Um, similar to what Enesh said, get the experience where you can. Diversify your kind of CV. Show you have multiple skills that you can offer future employers. Um, and there's a big one that I try and use and it's something I try and live by as well. You've got two ears and one mouth. Let's use them in that ratio. Listen more than you speak out. Um, when I left university, I was probably quite naive and thought, I'm going to walk into a job here. I've done well in my degree. There'll be loads of opportunities. There aren't. You need to separate yourself out from the crowd. So by doing that, you'll be on your way. That is a beautiful note to end on. But before we go, I just quickly want to ask you both what song you think either describes or reminds you of your career journey so far. I've, um, I've, I've been struggling to think of this one ever since the brief was kind of sent out. Um, but I kind of I quite like country music. So I'm going to go with Rascal Flatts' Life is a Highway. Very nice. Mm. Inyesh? Um, I'm going to go with Midnight City by M83. It's quite an old song. I used to love it when I was younger and I've used it in both playlists when I was a personal trainer, but also listen to it when I'm running. I like that. I'm trying to think if I should give my suggestion for a song. You know what? I will. I think I'm going to have to go with Kiss My Uh-Oh by Little Mix and Anne-Marie, partly because I just love it as a song, but there's a line in that about uh, wanting me when I'm walking away. And one thing I've found in my career is that when you threaten to leave somewhere, it's amazing what they'll come back with is sweetness to keep you on. So that's my bit of advice of just knowing your worth in your career. Anyway, I should remind all the listeners that these songs will be added to our Working On It playlist, the link to which is in the description below. Uh, and yeah, sadly, that's all we have time for today. So thank you to both Inyesh and Jamie. And thank you for listening. This has been the latest episode of Working On It. So if you enjoyed, please do check out the other episodes, subscribe, leave a review, recommend us to your friends, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. <laughs>